TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. 1-800-966-WTIC or 522-WTIC. And uh, feel free to get on. Uh, we're here from, uh, here from now until 11. And uh, usually this first hour is a little lighter than the second. You're all sleeping, which I don't blame you. <laughs> but Bob and I are here. We've had our coffee, and we're here to help you out. And uh, you guys know uh, two weeks ago, last week we were off, but two weeks ago I cut the cable, and I gave you that story when I called the uh, broadband provider and tried to get a new price for my cable service. And the woman on the other end of the line told me my taxes were going to double and to blame Trump. And I'm not kidding. That's what she told me. I went to the store in Meriden, brought back you know the two cable cards that I had to return, and I gave that person there, Eduardo, the story. And she, he looked at my account, and she had done something weird with it on purpose to cause the price to be much higher than it should have been. And he instantly fixed it for me. So I want to thank Eduardo down there in the Meriden store for, for correcting the um, what that woman was doing. I have no idea why she was doing what she was doing, but she didn't like to hear that. I was <laughs> cutting the cable, I guess. So I went from $218 for my, my, my cable uh, bill down to 83 bucks. And uh, happy that I've done that, and I cannot wait till T-Mobile comes out with their purely wireless access to broadband, which will be fifty bucks for fifty megabits. It's coming, it's coming quick. So cable companies have their comeuppance very soon, I hope, and then all of us can enjoy the properly priced cable service of about fifty bu- fifty cents a megabit would be about fair. Um, right now they're charging us way too much, and you only need about fifty megs. So. so competition's a wonderful thing if the government doesn't stop in, step in to stop it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> government likes to pick their winners and losers. So, uh, Bob, the new Avengers movie's coming out, and you've got an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that story? Where did I do it? Oh, here it is. <laughs> Avengers Endgame, officially a three-hour bladder buster. Nice. So make a plan. Yeah. Get ready for three hours, 58 seconds of Marvel. Director. Nice. Joe Russo confirms this one's going to be long. (laughs) (laughs) But there's an app for that. Yes. Okay. So obviously a three-hour movie for some folks is a little too long. Well, you know, they used to have uh, intermissions, and other people have They used to have newsreels, too. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead, Bob. But they had intermissions so that you could could go. Yeah. And anyway, they uh, use this app. It's called uh, RunP. Yep. Yeah, Gardner used RunP data to compare the lengths of uh, the Marvel uh, uh, comic universe movies mm-hmm. dating back to the first film in Phase 1, 2008's Iron Man. Right. That film's two hours and six minutes. Runtime seems as quaint 
as Cap's <laughs> dating skills compared to the end game's three hour time. All right. So Run P will tell you when when to when to go and 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 you know typically do your be, business. Be in each movie. Yes. There's a pattern. Sure. Where they go into a lull. Yes. Before the final battle. Of course. So it'll warn you or tell you at what, what? minute into the movie that that lull is going to happen, and that'd be the time for you to make your run. Your phone will get a little buzz, and you can go, oh, oh I got to go. <laughs> you got to love technology. You know, it's there for everything. Well, the other thing is uh, uh, they te- they say that, uh, you know, you really don't have to buy that one-gallon icy. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you go in. And they'll let you refill it for free <laughs> Yeah, for your $10 drink all right well there's an app for that and we appreciate it in other news facebook those dinglings are now i mean we talked about this a couple weeks ago where facebook was actually storing our passwords in open un, you know unencrypted text for years decades so their own people could actually see your password and there's so many people out there plenty of you guys who keep using the same password across multiple platforms so if you used a password at facebook the people who worked there knew your passwords, and they could know your passwords for whoever, whatever else you used that for. Well, it turns out these dinglings at Facebook are now asking people to confirm um, their connection to Facebook by using their email passwords. I kid you not. Facebook demand for new email passwords reveals appalling lack of security awareness. Yes, it's Facebook. It's Mark Zuckerberg. This thing is predicated on a misogynistic approach to looking at women's faces in, in, as a freshman dorm. This is the guy running this this company. And uh, you're surprised? It's, there's anything appalling there? I mean, come on. Um, so basically what they're trying to do for a two-factor is to have you type in your email password. Why would you give? I ask you guys for your password, and you're smart enough not to do that. These dinglings putting it in. You know what that's called? That's called spear phishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Facebook is having you do it. So I'll put the, the link up here. Never, never give anybody your email password. Never, ever, ever, ever. And that needs to be the most complicated password you have. And it needs to be only used in that one place, period. No other places. And if you ever get an email asking you to confirm your email password because of some issue that occurred, don't do it. Mm. <laughs> um. But yes, the boys and girls at Facebook uh, have been trying to ask people for their passwords as confirmation of their security um, for a two-factor yeah. authentication. Can't make it up. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. What else you got, Bob? Oh, uh, yeah. You got that, that race car thing? Oh, yeah. VW IDR, electric race car, hits the track in Spain ahead of Nuremberg record run. Nice. Okay. In January, Volkswagen announced that it would attempt a lap record at the Nuremberg Nordschleife. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce That's that. That's okay. I never learned German. I wasn't good at it. <laughs> Later this year, in its IDR electric race car. Mm-hmm. Now you got to see the pictures of this because it is something else. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, with just a few months before VW and its first go at the quote the green hell unquote, mm-hmm. we're learning a bit more about how VW is preparing for it. VW announced on Friday that the automaker is currently in Spain putting the IDR through its paces as the automaker 
excuse me, tweaks the vehicle in preparation for its ring run this summer. Mm -hmm. The IDR has already proven immensely successful in other arenas, capturing the EV record at the Greenwood Festival of Speed Hill Climb. The car also captured the overall record at the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, beating the previous record holder by an impressive 15 seconds. That's a long time when you come down to racing like that. Yeah, sure. Of course, Pikes Peak and Nordschleif are two completely different beasts, and the IDR needs to be set up uniquely to tackle each. Nice. The thin air of Pikes Peak necessitated larger aerodynamics to manage downforce, but that's not a problem for the Nuremberg. I'm I'm waiting for Tesla to come up with a Formula One car. I mean... Well, you would have thought that they would already have done that. Anyway. I would have thought that too, but I mean, it's an amazing. I mean, I'm not sure how much time you can charge your car to go through those races, but Formula One is an amazing. But with sport. this little car, the yeah. power output will remain the same. Yeah. With two electric motors, one on each axle, each axle to combine to produce a net 670 horsepower. Nice. Which is more than enough for a car weighing less than 2,500 pounds. Yep. Okay. Very and cool. Romain Dumas who drove the IDR to the win at Pikes Peak, will also be the driver for the ring record run. Nice. And there's more to this, but anyway, I think that's pretty cool. It is. It is. And, Electric uh, cars are coming, uh, coming just, in their own. You just got to see. If you're into racing at all, yeah. be it Indy or Formula One, you got to see this car. Well, any electric car has got so much torque. You go on YouTube and you watch what Teslas will do to like any muscle car. You put any, you know, 800 horsepower monster next to a Tesla, it's like it's the, the Tesla smokes it every time. Well, the Tesla will beat it in a quarter mile, but past the quarter mile, the other ones are going to catch up and I don't blow know. I think they show that the, the thing can just keep going and going and going. Yeah, I don't know. That's you're right though. Sure. You you might be right. It might be you know great over short distances. Cuz there's more torque in electric motor yes. than there is in a ga- yeah. gas. Power. And the torque is instant in electric versus it takes time to build up. Yeah, in the, in the engine. Based on RPMs. All right. There's another news here for you. So your iPhone costs so much that Apple doesn't really care if you come in with a problem with it. So there's this, <laughs> there's this article. Uh, students' iPhone scam reportedly takes Apple for $900,000. Two students allegedly tricked Apple into replacing more than one thousand fake iPhones with real ones and then they sold the real ones. And they shipped them back to China and sold them. <laughs> yeah, these are and these are Chinese engineering students studying in Oregon. They scammed Apple. Literally they would make fake or I don't even know, maybe they might have even commission somebody to make fake iPhones. They bring them into the, the fruit stand, they bring them, they return them to Apple. Apple doesn't even take a second to even confirm that they're theirs. They just say, okay, we'll throw that away. Here's a new one. I mean just so much margin in these things, obviously, that they're willing to give just chuck them, and here's a new one <laughs> to the tune of nine hundred thousand dollars. I'm sure these students will, of course, receive some sort of detention. I don't know, um, but uh, you, you got you, you just can't imagine if if you're Apple and you have such little respect for your device that and it makes so much money that you're just willing to chuck it and replace it sight unseen. I mean, you, you try to return something at. Target. I mean, you got to give your ID. You got. I mean, it's like you, you get the third degree to return a twenty dollars shirt or something. Well, at Amazon, if you return too many items, they put you on a blacklist. They cut you off, <laughs> right? <laughs> These guys returned a thousand, a thousand a iPhones, thousand. and they never caught on. Uh, it's amazing. So we'll put a link up here for you. You can take a look at it for yourself. That uh, is kind of find it funny. So we're gonna step out for a quick break. We got one line open for you. This is Computer Talk with Tab. 
everything we talk about will be posted, tweeted, and Facebooked for you, so you don't have to remember. You just go out to computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. If you follow us on Facebook, and Zuckerberg still still allows us to send the news to you, uh, it'll go into your news feed if you like Tab Computer Systems. And if you follow us on Twitter, at Tab Computer Systems, it'll get there, too. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock. We got uh, one line open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us nice and early. Let's go to John and Avon first. Morning, John. Hey. hey. Good morning. What can we do for you, sir? Uh, I had a desktop Mac, mm-hmm. iMac. All right. Uh, it's about eight or nine years old. Wow. And, um, yeah, started having some issues. The screen would go black. The fan sounds really loud. Okay. Um, and I didn't think I wanted to pay hundreds of dollars to take it to Apple to have them. Yeah, not for a machine that old. Yeah. So I went and bought a new one. All right. Congratulations. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem... Uh, um, well, first of all, it's, it's saying there's new new uh, um, updates. Uh-huh. Uh, is that normal for a brand new computer? Yes, it's normal for any device these days to be sitting on a shelf for a while. Um, so getting new updates, whether it's an Xbox, whether it's a phone, whether it's a computer, there's always new updates from when it was produced. Okay. So that's normal. And and uh, one time it seemed to, to freeze up and um, I had to just hold the power button down to shut it down. Really? Yeah. This is a brand new, app, brand new Apple Mac? Yep. Huh. Yep. So... I have 14 days to return it. Yeah. Um, well, you're getting a little nervous, huh? Yeah. Well, don't let yeah. the updates worry you. Well, updates are normal. Um, the hard freezing is definitely not a not a good sign already in a brand new machine. So maybe take it back and just get another one. It, it, yeah. You, if you have 14 days, uh, you may want to consider it because Apple's quote unquote known for their quality. Again, even though they use pretty much all the same piece, same stuff that a PC uses. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shouldn't be freezing up like that on you. So, I debated, yeah, I debated a, a, a abandoning um, Apple and going with a with a uh, PC, but um, I guess I'm always concerned more about um, malware and, and viruses and things like that. Yeah, with a PC, and Apple tends to be better at that. It does tend to be, but they still are vulnerable. Um, how much did you spend on this new unit? I bought the cheapest desktop I could get. It was eleven hundred something dollars. Okay. What does it get for a processor? Uh, I don't even. Oh, know. it's okay. That's all right. I'm just curious. Well, I think you should, you know, maybe let it, you know, check it out for a few more days if it gives you any more concern. Because I don't know how much time and effort you put into configuring it, loading your software. Do you have a lot of, do you have a lot of time and effort into it already? Uh, not a lot because I wasn't. Sure. After that happened, I stopped doing anything mm. extra on it. So. Gotcha. Well, it's um, your call. You're right there with that that very short window to return it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, it's not a normal thanks. not a normal thing to have happen to a brand new system. Okay. Thank you. All right, John. Good luck. Okay. All right. Bye bye. But updates are normal, guys. Doing an update after a brand new thing out of the box is just the nature of the beast of any. I mean. Anything, any, anything these days, <laughs> from doorbells to washing machines, <laughs> they all need a firmware update the instant you buy them. Um, let's go to Guy in West Hartford. Hey, Guy. 
Morning, fellas. Morning. Hey, I've got a question about uh, maintenance under Windows, like Windows 10 these days, maybe Windows 7. Yeah. Back in the old days, we used to have to run uh, uh, check disk and, uh, and disk defrag. Right. Um, what, if anything, should we be doing on a regular basis to uh, just to maintain the operating system? With Windows 10, there's not a lot that you need to do because it's scheduled to to do it itself in the background. Right. Now, you don't want to defrag. If you have an SSD drive, you don't want to defrag it. You don't right. want to turn on your indexing. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a number of other things that you don't want to do. Right. So other than that, um, it's pretty much self-maintaining. Right. It's just a matter of uh, you might want to run the disk cleanup once in a while. That's true, disk cleanup. Like I, I had one system that uh, had a, had a hardware problem, um, and I'm wondering if we, if we had been running check disk, uh, if we would have been able to catch it and let it uh, isolate the bad sector before it before it uh, before it went bad. The odds are, if uh, you get you you get a bad sector and check disk, you know, will mark it. Um, that's generally an indication that the hard drive is beginning to fail. Right, and what it will do is it'll give you a, buy you a little more time so that you can actually clone the hard drive and replace it before it actually crashes on you. But the but the best preventative is a backup, anyways. Of course. So yeah, we've yeah I've got backups uh, all over the place. Good. But it sounds like uh, check disk is only going to help you if it's found a bad sector, and if you if you run it proactively. Um, the only thing it could do maybe is is warn you in advance that it's found something that from what uh, right. from what Bob is saying and uh, right. might get, might buy you some time to replace it before it before it crashes. It might. Now, when it finds a bad sector, there's going to be data in that sector that is lost. Right. So, if that bad sector happens to be like a system file, then it could cause problems with your operating system. Well, that's exactly what happened. That oh. was in system files, and uh, the computer went into a loop where it kept trying to uh, restore itself, and the only visible um, restoration point was from 2016. I kept saying, "Why? where is the rest of my restoration point? Well, it- by default, they set the uh, amount of disk space to 1%, which I think is ridiculous. Right. So I tell people to go into System Restore and change the settings. I always increase it to 10%. Yeah. So it gives you more restore points. At 1%, you, you might get one or two restore points going yeah. back, and yeah, it's not it good. All right. Well, All right. thanks for your help. All right. Good, good luck, guy. Thank All you. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, yep, maintenance is a thing of the past these days. The systems are, quote-unquote, self-maintaining. Let's go on to Ed in Wallingford. Hey, Ed, we're coming up against a hard break. What, what's the question? Hey, uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Bob, what do you think of this new law Connecticut passed uh, April 1st, the charging sales tax on all online purchases? So I just purchased a simple item on eBay, and I got charged sales tax. Yeah, so to be honest with you, I've been upset with the state of Connecticut for not charging sales tax you know, 15, 20 years ago. Because guys like a tab, right? We're selling computers to our clients, and our clients are buying Dells. And saving six percent off the top by default, so it evens the playing field. No matter what you feel about taxes, right? At least the local brick and mortar, the people who are here, <laughs> at least get to compete on the same playing field with whoever you're buying from in eBay, at eBay. So, for those of us who are in business in Connecticut, still, it finally 
levels the playing field, but it's 15, 20 years too late. And there's, that's, 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 that's our legislature, right? They don't even understand technology. They just now well, figured it out. Well, I've bought, every, anytime I've purchased anything in Connecticut, there's always been tax added by the seller. Right. But uh, out of Connecticut, uh, no, I could see your point 100%. Yeah, if you want to at least have the people here in the state who are selling stuff be able to compete, either, either remove the t- sales tax for us too, which would be even better, um, for everybody, uh, or make it the same. But, uh, yep, that's what's going on. I gotta let you go. Okay, thank you. You got it, sir. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here at 11 o'clock. We have three lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Yeah, sales tax on buying things out of, you know, out of state like that online. You know, you're welcome, as far as I'm concerned, in the state of Connecticut to remove it for everybody. That would be just as equal as it's been for the uh, online retailers. But they're finally deciding to even the playing field um, if they must charge sales tax. <laughs> but uh, what are you going to do? We got we to pay the piper, right, for 50 years of mismanagement. Uh, let's go to uh, John in New Britain. Hey, John. Hi, good morning, guys. How are you doing? Doing fine. How are you? Um, I reluctantly probably going to try to take out a small project for a friend who asked me if I uh, could reinstall an operating system on a laptop for him. All right. So I, don't, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know. You know, all he told me was he did try to um, put the CD in and he got an error. And at that point, I asked him, you know, well, how about the boot sequence? And I started going over his head. So I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll let, let me take a look at it. Yeah. And, um, the only thing I think he told me was that originally had Windows 7, but he, he supposedly has 7, 8, 10. And he goes, I don't really care which operating system, you know, which, whatever you can put on it for me. I said, okay. And All right. I said, well, let me try to get a little more info myself. And I figured that's where I'm calling you guys. Um, is that where I should start? Maybe to boot sequence to, you know, and, and then uh, if you could tell me, I always forget. Does it matter on what making model? If it's an F four, F eight, to get into the BIOS, to, and then I, I said to him, "Well, do you know if it's formatted?" I go, "I don't even know if you need to," but I go, and he again wasn't sure. I said, "Well, okay, I'll." <laughs> wow. So that's yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> so, yeah, you got a lot, very little detail. Um, right. So the problem is going to be if the laptop is older, it may not support Windows ten. So you might find that your video driver doesn't work, your sound driver doesn't work. If it's too old, if okay. it's current enough, then it might, and you might need to upload, uh, update the drive. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if they had Windows 10 installed on it before, mm-hmm. what you can do is, if you have the original discs, right, that that came with it, or if it has a good. Uh, uh, res- well, I think he told me. Let me interrupt you just a quick second. I think yeah. he told me had Windows 7 originally. Okay. So if he had Windows 7 and it was upgraded to Windows 10, okay. if you reload the original operating system, mm-hmm. um, what you call it, there's a, uh, what's called a GUID, Globally Unique Identifier, that's okay. uh, created with that system. So yep. it'll be on file with, um, with Microsoft. So mm-hmm. you should be able to then just upgrade it to Windows 10. Okay. If it was part of that. If it had already been upgraded. Right. So, and then you won't need a key or anything. But does, just does your happen. buddy even know if it was? It doesn't sound like he knows a lot. Of, did this thing fall off a truck or something? 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I think he received it from another uh, family member and said, hey, you know, it was working, but something happened to the operating system or it crashed or whatever. What yeah. Is there a new hard drive in there, John? Uh, yes. All right, so there's a new hard drive. So the, when you load the operating system, it'll format the drive for you generally. Okay. Um, okay. When you put the CD in, it should boot automatically. The boot order um, is going to – you're going to tell it to boot from CD, then the hard drive, and you can do right. that in the BIOS. Okay. Um, not a big deal. And if you've got a legal copy of Windows 7 mm-hmm. and the code, mm-hmm. that should be all you need to do, and it should go from there. Uh, it should boot up, and then it should say, all right, where do you want the – the operating system to go and it actually won't even should even it should pick the C drive by itself. Oh, so I don't have to even worry about the boot sequence. Then. You shouldn't as long as it's not set up some weird, you know, USB right. first. You know, make sure it's oh. CD-ROM and then hard and the hard drive. If, if for some reason I'm getting some other crazy error, should I can I get into the safe mode and try to uh, take it from there? I mean, would that be the next? You can't get into a safe mode on an operating system that doesn't exist. Oh. You, you have a blank disk, so there is no safe mode. Okay. Right. There. So you're starting with what we understand to be a blank disk. Right. So your first step is having the CD-ROM read your operating system disk and load it on there for you. If it's not doing that, you get a bad CD-ROM. Okay. And then you can tell you. Then you may have to go out and buy an external CD-ROM, and then you have to change the boot order to be USB. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And then have it boot up that way. Um, But again, take take a look. Go and find the serial number of this laptop. If it is. Five to six years old, John, mm-hmm. do yourself a favor and your friend a favor and tell them to buy an, an, a laptop. Yeah, don't even bother, huh? Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. A laptop over four years old has been beat up already, and it's way past its prime. To spend that kind of time and energy, I don't know how much beer he's giving you. Um, <laughs> it's not worth it. So, probably not enough. <laughs> probably so not. If you had a car that was over 10 years old, would you spend like three thousand dollars on an engine or something like that? On some major thing to fix it, or would you oh, take that three thousand and apply it to a new one? Yeah. Unless you're handy or something. If you're handy and you're lucky like that, then you probably would fix it. But right, right. So I'd be careful. Don't you? You should be able to go to the manufacturer's website and put the serial number in and get an idea mm-hmm. of how old it is. Okay. And if it's if it's getting up there, and it's giving you a hard time loading the operating system, it doesn't make sense to. Right. To go right. too far. Away. Bother. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right, John. Good luck with it. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. So we got four lines open for you guys on this Saturday morning. 800 966 WTIC 522 WTIC. So we'll be here to answer your calls. While we're waiting for you guys to call in, I want to tell you a quick story. I think I caught my ding dong ditcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been in our house now for, I don't know. 10 years, and we've been plagued by some dingling kid who will run to the door, ring it at all hours of the night, and run away, freaking out the dog. And it was real fun, right? So I got this doorbell camera called a Skybell. Awesome. Infrared, high definition, and our ding-dong, dingling ditcher stopped by last night. And we got him beautifully in high definition on the camera. So, of course, he's now famous on Facebook, and we're asking our friends and neighbor to identify him. But uh, the technology is amazing, and uh, the beauty is because it's Skybell, they don't charge you to store the videos. A lot of these doorbell manufacturers, they make they want some sort of monthly fee uh, to have their your videos stored up there. But if you want to add some security, you can you know somebody rings a doorbell with the Skybell, you can talk to them. You know, let's say you're away 
and somebody wants to you know ring the doorbell, you can actually say, "Hey, you know, leave the package there, and I'll pick it up uh, later," or something like that. You can literally talk back and forth. It takes high definition video, motion sensitive. It'll actually go off when you ring the doorbell, or if it detects motion with the next feet of the doorbell. Really cool technology, and you only have to pay for it once. You just buy the doorbell. So we finally caught our ding dong ditcher. We think we know who he is, and he's made famous on Facebook now. <laughs> and uh, I, all I can say is that it's very satisfying to finally put an end to, to the plague that is plaguing our neighborhood. I'm not sure how many other neighbors are impacted by this dingaling, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Hopefully, ding, ding dong dingaling. Yeah, ding dong. <laughs> and then I think I think it's a kid actually who comes to the house and he asks for money for like the football team, and we're of course support the team, give it. And he still has the you know the gall to come and drive you nuts. Come on, man. Come on. So we're going to step out for a quick break. We'll put that uh, everything we've talked about so far online over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. If you follow us on Facebook over at Tab Computer Systems, the stuff will get into your news feed as well. And if you follow us on Twitter at Tab Computer Sys. So four lines wide open. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here at 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Three lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And uh, let's go on to Steve in Bristol. What's going on, Steve? Hey. uh, Hey, guys. uh, I'm self-employed at the house. Mm -hmm. I'm an accountant, and uh, I'm working off a laptop. I have a... uh, a nice big screen, big screen monitor plugged in, but I'd sure like to have two big screen monitors. Yeah, is it possible to connect two up to my laptop? Oh yeah, you can do three in many cases. It depends on oh, the man, docking station great. that you you purchase, or a port oh, okay. replicator. Yeah, or a port replicator, as Bob said. So you can buy. So I would go check out the manufacturer of your laptop and see what they offer oh. for uh, port replicators or docking stations, and make sure they support up to three monitors, and you can go crazy. Oh, perfect, man! That'd be great. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, you get your taxes done twice as fast. Yeah, there you go. I wish. Taxes? <laughs> <laughs> who does taxes? Come on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You got it, Steve. Take care. All right, bye-bye. So, yeah, I mean, adding monitors to laptops these days. I mean, I've got my little Elite X2, and I plug in two large monitors um, through a port replicator. It needs to kind of have enough juice in the port replicator, though. Sometimes the, the port replicators sometimes are a little underpowered, and they cause issues. But if you get a good quality one, 100-plus watts, I think you're going to do okay with that. So anything else you want to bring up in the news, Bob, while we wait for calls? Um, okay. Um, can we talk about um, Amazon? Yeah, sure. Okay. After fleeing New York, yep. Amazon finds warmer welcome for the other HQ2. Yep. Yes, Virginia, there is an HQ2. Never mind the beating that Amazon took with its failed effort in New York. Right. Because it they didn't was, know how taxes worked. It was business <laughs> as usual. They didn't care about the taxes. They were they wanted to go there. They were going to spend all the money. Anyway, it was business as usual in Long Island City last week. Catering and moving trucks buzzed in and out on a, a waterfront neighborhood. One worker manned a forklift on the sidewalk while another nearby spray painted a metal frame. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
You wouldn't know it from uh, standing there, but just weeks earlier, this quiet industrial block in Queens was slated to become a 25,000-employee campus for Amazon. Right. That is, until protesters and local politicians helped to kill the project. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't know why they didn't come to Connecticut. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, we kill it before it started. But go ahead. At Crystal City in uh, Virginia's Arlington County, yeah. it's a very different scene where demolition has already started in preparation for construction of Amazon's for surviving 25,000 employee development. Nice. Local activists are raising concerns about the Virginia project. But <laughs> unlike in New York, there seems to be less vitriol. Right. When the New York project fell apart in February, focus quickly shifted to Crystal City, where plenty of onlookers wondered if both developments could fail. But according to development experts, local politicians, and demographic data, Virginia project was always a better fit and more critical to Amazon's future than the New York site. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but walking away from both projects would be an even bigger embarrassment for the company. For those reasons, it seems likely Amazon will stay the course in uh, Crystal City, mm -hmm. even if more protests or challenges bubble up. Right. It also seems like a keeper for the locals, despite some grumbling. This is a game changer for Arlington, said Stephen Fuller, a professor at George Mason University's Shar School of Policy and Government. The tax base is eroding. That uh, This turns that around. Amazon's massive expansion project, dubbed HQ2, was first introduced in G September of 2017. Mm-hmm and enjoyed months of fanfare as hundreds of municipalities vied for the development in hopes of revitalizing their communities and bringing in high-paying tech jobs. Right. But after the winners, Long Island City and Crystal City, there were protests. Yeah. So. Well, it's great. Great for Arlington. They're going to finally uh, fix their eroding tax base. Yeah, well, that's just the thing. They had lost uh, businesses there, and they had lost about 23,000 jobs. jobs. Yeah. So this will bring in 25,000, so it'll make it up, make up for what they lost. Yeah. Very good. Good let's, for them. Yeah, let's go back to your calls, and we're going to go to uh, Tom in Florida first. Hey, Tom, what's up? Hey, I got a question. Every time I go to save or print something from my email or a download, I always get that edge icon. And then you gotta you gotta you gotta do that. Then you gotta load that on, and then you can print something. Hmm. But if I want to actually save the item, I can't copy it. You know, particularly if it's a picture. If I want to copy it, I won't copy or anything. All I keep getting is you hit save. Is that edge icon? Is there any way of stopping that? So are so you are you using edge, edge as your browser? Yeah. Well, that's your first mistake. You want to use the beach ball. You want to use Chrome. Well, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got yeah, I got Windows 10, but I'm using Chrome. That's right. Yeah, I'm using Chrome. You're using Chrome, but the Edge browser is getting involved somehow when you try to save or print from the from the internet. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't. I used to be able to save the item. Now, you don't save the item. You you get that Edge icon. I'm not sure what he's which seeing. Is, which isn't the item. If I click on the item to see it again. The Edge will automatically come up. That's because Edge is set as your default browser. Oh, okay. So what you want to do is you want to change your default browser to Chrome. So what happens is every time you uh, open the Edge browser, it asks you if you want to make it the default. And if you just quickly quick click, you're going to make it the default browser. Yeah. And then you can turn that feature off 
in the Edge, and you can also turn it off in Chrome, and you probably turned it off in Chrome, so Chrome isn't asking you if you want to make it the default browser. And we can put a link as to how to make Chrome your default browser, and that'll allow you to change it, and it should solve this issue, we think, Tom. Oh, okay. Well, I hope so, because it gets a little, you know, it makes everything a two- or three-step process, and then if you got the actual item you want to save, Right. You know, for some reason or another, you can't save it. You just get the edge icon. Yeah. So I got I to change the default browser. Yeah, that should, and we'll put a link up there as to how to do that for you, Tom. And that should solve the issue until one day, by accident, you click on the edge browser in some way and it says, hey, you want to make me your default browser? <laughs> Don't <laughs> click on it. Don't do it. <laughs> well, right. I, used, I used to use it, and it works fine on everything except my uh, email program. Uh-huh. It locks it up all the time, but if I open it up with Chrome... It works. It works fine. Yeah. Funny how those but, guys at Microsoft have result, trouble with email. Yeah, but as a result of everything else... Okay, so mm -hmm. i got I to change the Chrome to the default browser rather than the... Uh, yep, we put a link up there already. It'll be posted in a few minutes, and uh, take a look okay. at the instructions, and, and that should solve it, we think. Okay, did you, did you put a browser up for that other person on... How to you got to increase your space to ten percent to save your backups or something? Oh no, we didn't. We can probably find it. Well, we can put a link up there as to what that recovery area is, um, and then uh, how to adjust it. We'll we'll put a link up for that. Good point. All right. All right, Tom. I appreciate your help. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening, to Florida. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. -bye. Actually, I should bring that up quickly. I really meant to do that. So, radio.com, right, is how uh, Tom is probably listening to us. And uh, there's also podcasts that come out from the, the station here at WTIC, and our show is also podcast. All of the shows are podcast. But the neat thing for advertisers are is you can geofence that. So, like, Tom could be listening in Florida, and there could be an ad on our podcast for some local garage or accounting firm because – down in Florida, they can geofence areas that you want to have your your spot listened to. Same thing up here at, in WTIC world, up in Connecticut or wherever you want to podcast. If you wanted to actually advertise in Springfield, let's say, you could geofence that every podcast you listen to, run, you, you're, you could buy advertising within a geofence area of Springfield and uh, really target your market, which is kind of cool. Um, so keep that in mind when you're talking, when you're, when you're thinking about advertising, not only on the air, but through podcasting, which is a very popular way to listen to uh, material these days, you can really laser beam, thanks to geofencing, um, your message right to somebody in a specific town or heck, I bet you could geofence it right down to the street if you wanted to advertise to just some one person, <laughs> but, um, it's pretty neat. So keep that in mind. We're going to go to uh, Tony quickly in Waterbury. Hey, Tony. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm having a little problem here. I uh, I was watching TV last night. I stream everything now because I, I cut the cord. Yeah. And uh, I left, and I came back, and I turned the TV back on, and uh, I wasn't getting anything. So I went to my uh, PC, and uh, I, I looked, and it says that uh, there's no uh, – it's not connected. Um, to the network? And, and, no, and the, my network, the network name is not even listed on the list of uh, networks uh, on the on the computer. Oh, boy. Is there, is there something that, that, that I have to call Comcast to uh, take care of? Or? You could probably just reboot your stuff. Are you using uh, wireless? Yes. Okay. And is it a laptop? No, it's a, a PC. PC. Uh, yeah, a desktop. Okay. okay. Do you have like a little 
uh, yellow triangle with an exclamation point on your uh, wireless, on the little on indicator down tray. in the system tray? Uh, he, has, he has like, like a little uh, yellow asterisk. Yeah. It's like... Okay, yep. and he says connections are available, and he says not connected. Right, and right. He's, and he's got a list of all the. I live in a condo complex, yeah. and he's got he's got a list of all the uh, the uh, networks that are that are you know uh, connected. But, but mine, not yours. The, my, the name of mine is not there. Okay, so what I would do is I would go down into that thing, and right click, and you should be able to get like uh, a repair, troubleshoot okay. problems out of it. Okay. And if that doesn't work, what I would do is go and and disable that, and then re-enable it, and it should connect. And Tony, do you do you have access to the actual modem, or is it a complex service? No, I have. I I I cut the cord and I got my own modem, my own router. Reboot those two devices first too. Have you done that okay. yet? No. Yeah. First thing you're gonna do even before Bob's stuff is reboot those devices, and all you gotta do is unplug them, count to ten, plug them back in. Okay, I'll that, do that. I bet you that'll solve your issue, but, but then try Bob's troubleshooting as well, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Good luck, sir. Keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. We're going to step out for a quick break. We got Barbara, we got Bruce, we got Kevin on the lines. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Everything we've talked about has been posted, tweeted, and Facebooked. Say that ten times fast. Over at computertalkwithtab.com, the name of the show.com, which also works. Over on Facebook, if you like Tab Computer Systems, it'll get into your newsfeed. We'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 